Rommel wants me to tell a few stories about getting a job in a business that you want to buy. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Deal Making, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium sized businesses while controlling risk. So, if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. So I got a, a great comment in uh, one of the videos I made a few couple months ago, and it was the strategic exit video with John Mill. It was a live cast. And uh, Romel uh, writes to me, and, and that video with John Mill was about hiring your buyer, so finding someone within the organization who wants to become the buyer. And what uh, Rommel wrote is he put, why don't you make a video on the opposite situation where a job seeker is looking to buy a business? I'm sure that the position of a lot of people, that's the position of a lot of people listening, something like how to get hired by your seller. So interesting, it's, it's the intention is different, right? So somebody who wants to buy a business goes and tries to get hired by somebody who um, they think might want to sell to them one day. And this was actually the topic of a holiday chat maybe about three years ago. I'll, I'll dig that up and I'll, I'll link that floating around up here somewhere um, once I find that. It was a fellow in Texas. Um, so I've said to a lot of people over the course of time that if they want to own a business in a certain industry that they should go and get a job in that industry so they can learn the industry and learn the norms of the industry and learn about that business so that they're being paid to become more knowledgeable and develop an expertise in that industry. So I actually have a couple of examples um, that I can speak to of people who have gone looking for this type of scenario. And the first one I'm gonna talk about uh, and each one kind of has a lesson. The first one I'm going to talk about is um, it was an auto detail shop. And so I was working with the seller and, you know, auto detailing is a tough business, you know, low wages, hard to keep staff, lots of turnover, difficult to raise prices. You know, everyone can wash their car or go to a car wash. And so um, the seller was getting close to the age of retirement. And he wanted to find someone to sell to the business to. And we started talking about this idea of hiring the right person and developing them into becoming the buyer. And so he actually got approached by somebody who said that they were interested in owning a business in the industry. And so he struck a deal with them, a very generous deal. And so basically the seller hired the person on, trained him to be the manager, and they worked out a deal that the buyer and seller would have a joint bank account together and every time the manager hit performance bonuses, uh, performance goalposts and earned a bonus, or every time he got a wage increase, his regular paycheck that he got, you know, before as a detailer would go into uh, his own bank account for his personal expenses. But all this bonus money would go into the joint account. Now that money belonged to the manager. It was his money. But the reason it was a joint account was so that the seller could log into online banking and look at the balance anytime he wanted. And the deal that they made is that these bonuses would accrue and create the down payment for the manager to buy the business. And if everything worked out well, 
and they were talking about like a two-year time horizon, um, then the seller would take the down payment and finance the balance of the deal for the buyer. And so this is like a sweetheart dream scenario that many people might imagine for somebody who wants to buy a business who doesn't necessarily have any money, right? This seller is willing to do all of this for you to, to help you buy. So what happened? Well, it turned out that the manager, you know, started to make some mistakes and one day emptied the joint bank account and took off and didn't report back to work. So this begs the question, if you're going to approach somebody looking for a job to tell them that you also want to become the buyer of their business, how are you going to communicate the fact that you're serious about this plan and that you're willing to commit yourself to what it's going to take in order to achieve this? I've often talked with sellers about how ex-employees could sometimes be a good source of potential buyers. People who've worked in a business, but were very ambitious and had a lot of dreams and goals and ended up leaving the business to go off and, and pursue another career or go off, especially to go start a business, right? Because that indicates certain entrepreneurial desires, ambitions, et cetera. And so sometimes I've actually said to sellers, think about people that used to work for you who know your business, but have gone. And do any of them seem to be people who might be ideal candidates to be a buyer? Now, let me tell you about another example. This is an auto repair business. And again, if, if you want to pursue this strategy, it makes sense if you're a potential buyer who's looking for a job to get in and work with that seller. Um, think about businesses that have a lot of independent operators. So if you get into the business and things don't work out, you have other opportunities. There's other businesses that are similar to that, right? So this was another case, an auto repair business where somebody came and joined as the front service manager facing the clientele and sort of the buffer between the, the clientele and the people in the back doing the work on the cars. And so the plan was always that this person was going to buy the business and they talked about it all the time and they talked about it with the seller all the time. And for probably about three years, the seller thought, this is the plan. I'm going to be selling the business to this guy. But the buyer never acted upon anything other than just talking about it. So there was never any accumulation of a down payment. There was never any um, desire to grow in a management capacity. And what happened was the seller of the business actually became incapacitated for a number of weeks. And the business was left in the hands of that manager. And it became really apparent during that time that there were a lot of dysfunctions or gaps in that person's skill set, which then brought into question the plan. And at that point, the seller challenged him and said, so how are we going to work out this deal? How much money have you got saved up? What is your down payment? How are you going to finance the balance of the deal? And at that point, the buyer admitted that he didn't have anything in savings and he hadn't been accumulating anything and he really had no idea. So it was, it was all talk, no action. And so the, the, the reason why I'm bringing up these cases is because I want to illustrate that if you're going to go and do this, you need to have a plan and you need to be demonstrating what the plan is going to be. Uh, a third case, uh, this is in the IT technology sector. So a gentleman with a lot of experience in managing IT development shops, um, he's worked in several, wanted to go and buy one, looked at several opportunities to buy them, 
found that most of them were overpriced or there were a lot of operational issues in a lot of the businesses, a lot of opacity, couldn't really see what was going on. Business owners doing things like um, exchanging development work and labor in exchange for equity into like a new startup or something like that. And just kind of threw all the numbers off because it wasn't recorded properly. And it was difficult for this buyer to understand what was really going on in the business. And so every time he started to get into the nitty gritty of looking at the performance of a business, he would come up with all these problems. And, and at one point a seller said, well, why don't you come and work for me? I'll pay you a fair salary. You can work through all these bugs. And then when you're comfortable that you understand what's going on in the business, we can do a deal. So that's kind of interesting because the buyer was, was very interested in that kind of deal. However, um, could immediately see that what they would be bringing to the table was going to improve the business dramatically and could have an impact on the value of the business. So what then do you do? Well, there's two schools of thought. There's one school of thought that says, well, if you take the job and you earn the salary, you're being paid for the work that you do. And if that leads to you improving the business, then that's what the owners paid you for, right? So you're not really owed anything more than the salary that you get. I fall into that camp. And I believe that if you're going to go in to fix up someone's business and organize things so that it's better performing, then you should be paid for that effort. Because what I've seen is that you can sometimes get involved in these businesses and then the seller will want to change the rules of the game and you may not end up doing a deal. So you might want to approach it from the idea that I'm going to be an employee working here, but you also might want to approach it from the point of view of, I'm a management consultant coming in to fix these issues, which would command a completely different kind of compensation package if you get my drift, right? The other way that you can approach it is you can say, well, I'm going to do this work and I'm going to fix up the business. I want to be paid, but because I'm going to be delivering so much more value to the business, I want to fix the terms of the acquisition before I begin. Sort of like putting an option into place on the business. And again, you know, you can talk about this stuff, but if you don't have the wherewithal to exit, if you can't demonstrate your ability as a buyer, it's going to be difficult for the seller to take you seriously or for you to involve a serious business owner with a serious business into this kind of scheme. The smaller businesses with the less sophisticated owner who you know doesn't have as much education or understanding of what they're getting into might you know, get into one of these things with you. These are the guys who I've typically seen will then want to change things later when they see that the business has suddenly become more valuable. And now they're like, wait a minute, I could probably sell it for more now to somebody else. So I'm going to say something really controversial now. So listen carefully. I think that if you approach a business owner and you say, I want to work for you with a view to becoming the owner of the business and buying it from you, that can be great. You have to have a plan, but it can also be like living with someone before marriage. What do I mean by that? Well, it means that, yes, you're going to get to know that person better than if you don't live with them. But now there's a lot of assumptions made that you are basically committed to this path that is going to lead you to being married and that you're kind of um, now removing other players from the field, right? You, you've kind of made a semi-commitment towards this deal. And so... If you are that buyer and you get into the business, my advice is to always remember that anything can happen at any time and that you may end up having to leave the arrangement to go find something else, which is what makes it so critical 
that if you are pursuing this plan, that your own personal development has to be one of the key hallmarks of your strategy. So not just working in the business, but working in the business and learning every aspect of how to run and manage that kind of business so that if it doesn't work out, you can just pick up stakes and head off to some other business that you find and apply all of your ability, skills, and talents. But even more so than that, you need to be building your net worth while you're in that position because your deal might involve some kind of arrangement like the one I opened with, with money accumulating in some fashion to create your down payment or simply a seller saying that he'll finance everything for you. But the next person is not likely going to do that. They are, if you approach them as a stranger saying, I've got experience running a business like this, I'd like to buy your business. You're probably going to need a down payment. It's probably going to look more like a traditional acquisition. And so while you're in that role, you need to be serious about saving money, about paying off, you know, credit cards, consumer debts, growing your equity, you know, through your house or whatever you're doing, right? You need to be building up that down payment and always thinking about the plan B. And, you know, what can happen, like I said, you know, you kind of end up committed to a certain relationship. If you went to start examining other opportunities in your market, a lot of times in an industry, business owners know each other. There is a greater opportunity that you could be discovered or that the confidentiality of those other inquiries might be ruined. And so it, it can kind of curtail your options. Anyway, I hope that helps. Um, if anyone out there wants to buy a business or you want to sell a business, come on over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com. You can find access to my different online programs. If you want to buy a business, you should go to businessbuyeradvantage.com. If you want to sell one, you should go over to howtosellmyownbusiness.com where you can find links to books and downloads and online courses and stuff like that. And, you know, best of all, if uh, you want to learn more is get onto my email list. Um, I send out an email every day and it's filled with interesting stuff, special offers, promotions, um, first crack at everything. Anyway, see you later. Have a good day. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, where you can learn more about me and how I work with my clients. You can learn more about my books and the online courses that I've prepared for you. You can find out about how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlists, etc. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there, all for free, and I'd love for you to be my guest. Special thanks go out to Jeff Alpaw Customs for being my tailor. Men all around the world can look dangerous, just like me, with the help of Jeff Alpaw Customs. JeffAlpaw.com. Use the code DCB10 to save. They handle multiple currencies and ship anywhere you happen to be.